Dose of Leadership Podcast, Episode 52. Welcome to another episode of the Dose of Leadership Podcast, the show that brings you inspiring and educational interviews with today's most relevant and motivating leaders. Each episode is dedicated to highlight real-life leadership and influence experts who dedicate their lives to the pursuit of the truth, common sense, and courageous leadership. And now, here's your host, Richard Ryerson. Hey everybody, welcome to the show. This is Richard Ryerson. Thanks for tuning in to another episode. This show is brought to you by my sponsor, Audible.com. If you're like me, you like to read, but you're having trouble finding the time to squeeze in all those great books, well, Audible.com is a perfect solution. Audiobooks are great. I never thought I would like them, but I love them now. It's a great way to get caught up. I listen to and get caught up on the book as I'm driving to work, if I'm exercising, any free time, working out in the yard, I can get caught up in all my reading. You can go to uh, my website, doseofleadership.com slash audible, and you can uh, download a free audiobook. Any audiobook they have, over 100,000 titles to choose from, you can download it for free, listen to it. You can sign up for 30 days with no obligation. If you don't like it after 30 days, you can cancel your subscription. But again, it's no risk to you. Go check out doseofleadership.com slash audible and make your smartphone smarter. Well, I'm excited to have on the show today Wayne Allen Root. He's called the Capitalist Evangelist. He was a former anchorman and host for CNBC, 2008 Libertarian Vice Presidential nominee, and the current Executive Vice Chairman of the Conservative Caucus, one of America's oldest and most influential conservative political organization. He's a favorite speaker of the Tea Party. He regularly appears on Fox News Channel. He's a columnist and contributor at FoxNews.com, TheBlaze.com, Newsmax, PersonalLiberty.com, TownHall.com, Breitbart. And has written regularly for the Washington Times and Forbes.com. He has been profiled in Time, Wall Street Journal, Fortune, Equities, Millionaire, The Financial Times, Rob Report, and on CNBC. Mr. Root is a President Obama's college classmate from Columbia University back in 1983. He's the polar opposite of Obama. Mr. Root is a blue collar, son of a butcher, homeschooled dad, serial entrepreneur, CEO, business speaker, anti tax crusader, small business champion, and citizen politician. He lives in Nevada with his wife and four kids and has his own very own star in the Las Vegas Walk of Stars. Wayne, such a pleasure to have you on the show. Welcome to the Dose of Leadership podcast. Hey, Richard, how are you? Hey, don't forget, the most important way to introduce me is the author of the new national bestseller, The Ultimate Obama Survival Guide. That's the most important thing, because whether you're into politics or whether you're into business, whether you're into saving your family, saving your assets, protecting what you own, or making more money, it all comes back around to who's in leadership, and the leadership of this country affects whether you can earn a living. And so I wrote The Ultimate Obama Survival Guide, to give anyone and everyone a tip on how to survive with Obama's president. Let me tell you, it's not easy. Well, yeah, you know, then the, the publisher sent me the book, and I got through uh, a lot of it, and there's such a great, great insights and great, uh, like saying part of the, the mission of this podcast is the pursuit of the truth and common sense. I know it's a dose of leadership, and a lot of times people get leadership advice. But as I was saying in the pre-recording, I think, you know, the crisis that we're faced with in uh, leadership in America and the world, I think to solve it, in my opinion, has to go back to highlighting the free enterprise, highlighting the American businessmen, celebrating entrepreneurship because there's so many great success stories, so many examples of positive leadership out there that we just don't even see. How do we counter that? Go ahead. Well, that's that's why they call me the capitalist evangelist. That's why I love to call myself the capitalist evangelist because I just love, I'm just like an evangelical preacher about capitalism and how great it is, you know, because I come from nothing. My dad was a 
was a was a butcher. I'm the son of a butcher, SOB as I like to say, <laughs> and uh, and started with nothing and wound up Obama's college classmate at Columbia University. And uh, both Obama and I were surrounded at Columbia by nothing but rich kids. But yet in America, you know, a kid like Obama who came from nothing. I happen to like Obama's story, but it wasn't for the fact that I hate his politics. Right. But, but, but a kid who comes from absolutely nothing without a father, and a kid like me who comes from nothing, a small businessman butcher, can make it to the best universities in America. And today I'm a self-made millionaire. Today my daughter, Dakota, is a straight-A student at both Harvard and Oxford University, the two best colleges in the world. Uh, that's what you get if you work hard, if you're relentless, if you're enthusiastic, if you have evangelical zeal for capitalism and education, uh, that's what you get if you have world-class energy. And I believe, you know, I call it the triad. Those are the three things that make you rich. It isn't a Harvard or Columbia degree that makes you rich. It is energy, it is enthusiasm, and it is being relentless, refusing to accept the word no. Those three are the base of all success in life, whether you're talking about business, capitalism, uh, starting your own business, whether you're talking about getting a job, meeting a, meeting someone that you could fall in love with, it's all about being relentless and refusing to accept no. And that's what I've done my whole life, and that's what I've tried to instill in my kids and teach them. And my daughter refused to accept no, and she got a yes from Harvard and Stanford and all the best universities in the world as a homeschooler. Never went in a classroom in her entire life wow. until she was accepted by Harvard, Stanford, Columbia, Penn, Brown, Duke, Chicago, and now she's at Oxford. It's, it's an unbelievable story. Well, I love I love what you just said there. It's all about energy, enthusiasm, and being relentless. The tenacity. I think that's that's missing in a lot of things. There, you know, it's funny. It was, I was reading a blog. I interviewed a, a gal, Pen, Penelope Trunk. I don't. You ever heard? Have you ever heard of her? I don't know the name. No, yeah, educate me. She she wrote an article on a, a blog post, and she talked about kind of. Um, how it's wasteful or it's a, it's a waste of time to go get an upper graduate degree. Now she doesn't, if, if people want to, she says it's great. But what her whole point of the article was that, look, people think if you go get an upper level, uh, you know, a master's degree or that you're going to automatically be, you know, it's, it's a ticket to success. And her point was, like you just said, it's, it's, it's more important to go out there and get the experiences, be tenacious, get the energy, be enthusiastic, and you can accomplish a lot more and learn a lot more. And the response she got, this, the, the vitriol that she got back from people, and it's like, how dare you? How dare you say that you can't go out there and, and get, it's, it's all about these upper level degrees. I said, and I wrote in the post that I would hire, and I still do. If I hire people, I'm looking for common sense, the tenacity, the energy, enthusiasm any day over, over an upper level degree. What's your thought on that? I agree. You know, I went to Columbia and my daughter goes to Harvard and, and, and Oxford, so I agree that education is important. Sure. I, I certainly would argue with her that it has to be one important facet of life. Uh, I think the average person out there and the average boss that's hiring someone and the average investor that has a million dollars burning a hole in his pocket and you want to get that money for your startup will give it to you much quicker if you tell him I graduated Harvard with three days and went on to Harvard Law School and Harvard Business School. Mm-hmm. So I think she's wrong from that standpoint. But, but I think she's right from the standpoint that education is only a part of the puzzle. And I have friends who went to Columbia that never amounted to anything. Right. The, the end result is it's what's inside you. But if you've got that energy of a thousand men or women, and if you've got that enthusiasm and evangelical zeal for capitalism, and if you are completely relentless and refuse to ever accept no and see every no and every rejection as getting you just that much closer to the yes that changes your life so you actually crave no and you couldn't care less to move on to the next person with enthusiasm if you have those attributes and you have a fancy schmancy college degree 
then nobody can ever stop you. And I, and I would argue, as a Columbia graduate, every door in my entire life has been slightly opened by saying, I'm not just an average guy, I was a Columbia University graduate. Yeah. And from that point on, I'm the guy who had to kick the door open and literally drag the, uh, you know, drag the, drag the thing that I wanted home like a caveman, <laughs> get it over the head with a club, and, and, and win it. But you first can open the door by saying the words Harvard, Penn, Brown, Columbia, Chicago, Duke, Stanford. Those are the names that open doors, Richard. And, yeah. and they're very important, and that's why I taught my daughter she should absolutely set her goal to go to Harvard, Stanford, or Oxford, and she did all of them. Yeah. Amazing story. So it's a combination of all the above. I agree. You know, one thing helped me through this because, you know, as I sit there and I watch and I see kind of this, uh, the common sense practices that aren't, or the, the common sense isn't a common practice anymore. I see these things. I get depressed down to the months when I see that the average person doesn't seem to care or be passionate about capitalism like I think they should. How can we turn this around? Talk to me about how we can stay positive, start turning the tide, and get people to understand the importance of free enterprise and the capitalist system that we have. Well, well, I do it every day. You know, I mean, I'm a complete Tea Party conservative Republican, and yet I was invited to lecture at Harvard. And those kids are all died of the wool Democrats who hate uh, Republicans and hate conservatism, and yet I went there and lectured, and I got a, a standing ovation. And the standing ovation was because I never touched on politics, ever. Uh, I never touched on, you know, you should be a Republican or a conservative. I touched on capitalism and the great things capitalism has done for this world. Yeah. And the fact that no one poor has ever been lifted out of poverty by socialism, only by capitalism, to poor people wind up middle class and to middle class people wind up rich. Only in this great country is the American dream alive. Nowhere else can you go from the ground floor to the top of the Empire State Building, only in America, because of capitalism and the great joys of it. So I sing the praises, and even at Harvard, I get massive ovations. You know, that's why I wrote my new book, which is, has been for the last four weeks, the number one finance book in the world at Amazon, and the number one political book in the world at Amazon, four straight weeks, uh, The Ultimate Obama Survival Guide. It was about what I think Obama is doing to capitalism. He's destroying it, Richard. I call it the Obama axis of evil. It is taxation, regulation, demonization, intimidation, unionization, litigation, and government strangulation of business with regulations, so many of them that he, your head is spinning and you can't keep up with them. There's no way to make a living anymore if the government is going to attack you 24 hours a day, seven days a week. You just can't make a living. And that's the problem. And so think about the last 90 days, and you no longer have to wonder why the economy is in the garbage pail. In the last 90 days, or I should say the first 90 days of 2013, so the first 90 days of, of this first quarter, January 1st through March 31st, income taxes were increased dramatically, payroll taxes increased, uh, Obamacare taxes added, uh, deductions and exemptions taken away from us all, uh, the government is talking about online sales taxes, gas taxes, gun taxes, bullet taxes. They'd like to take the cap off FICA, Social Security taxes, so you pay monstrous new Social Security taxes before you even get to all the other taxes I just mentioned. When you see that list and you hear 6,137 new regulations were created in the first 90 days of the year, and you realize gas prices are up, health insurance prices are up, electricity prices are up, you're being bombarded. There's no businessman in the world, Richard, who can survive this kind of an onslaught, and I believe it's purposeful. I believe Obama has an agenda. It is to take down capitalism. It is to take money away from the successful business owners and make us all dependent on government and create a crisis that forces us all to accept a bigger government to come riding in 
like the cavalry to save us. Well, it's either, it's either incompetence or they're doing it on purpose. It has to be one of the two and or a combination of the both. And, and I don't know um, – I guess I go back to that same question. It's like if I go to the man in the street and I, and I interview 100 people – the vast majority of them aren't going to be tuned in. They don't even care. Or that's what it seems like to me. I'd be, I'm curious of your perception of that. It seems like, are we winning the battle of that? It just seems like the more and more, and a perfect example, last week, what was the top headline stories? You know, you, you flip on every channel and they talk about this murder case where this woman killed her boyfriend and stabbed him 28 times, yeah. shot him and slit his throat. And in that, areas, yeah. Yeah, who cares about that? I mean, it's horrible. You know, and the average man on the street cares. I mean, that's the problem. You, you know that the model of the news media, uh, I was in it. You know, I was an anchor man, a lead anchor man for CNBC for two years. And the model of the news media is if it bleeds, it leads. Yeah. Which means you could say whatever you want about business, people don't want to hear it. You could talk about politics, people don't want to hear it. You could talk about Obama's goal to destroy the American economy. The average person doesn't care as long as they get their paycheck each week and they can watch American Idol on Monday night. They don't care. And they want to watch Jody Arias stabbing her boyfriend a hundred times and, and see the trial on TV, on court TV. That's what they care about. But, you know, we still have to keep the fight up and keep educating them. And right. that's why I wrote the Ultimate Obama Survival Guide. Some of us care. Anyone who belongs to a Tea Party cares. Anyone who's a conservative cares. Anybody who, uh, who owns a business cares. And so we've got to keep the fight up. And I'm sure the same thing was true in 1776, Richard. Yeah. The average colonist didn't care. As a matter of fact, most of them were on the side of the British. Yeah. But a small, dedicated group won the revolution. That's right. We have a revolution here. And this small, dedicated group of business owners is going to have to lead the revolution and knock this guy out of office. And I think as of this recording today, we have grounds for impeachment of Barack Obama based on him targeting conservatives and Tea Partiers and people who believe in the Constitution for IRS audits. This is a giant story, a giant scandal. It resulted in the impeachment charges against Richard Nixon in 1972, and it forced him to resign from office. It wasn't just Watergate. Very few people remember that. It was IRS audits targeted at his opponent to silence the opposition. Nixon was painted as evil. Well, Barack Obama, most Americans still like him, even if they don't like his politics. He is evil. He's targeting good people, ruining their lives with IRS investigations. And guess what, Richard? You've got one of them on the phone with you right now, Wayne Allen Root. That's why I wrote this book, The Ultimate Obama Survival Guide, to show people that he is destroying business and targeting the richest, most successful businessmen who are outspoken critics of him, like me, with IRS audits. And this is what is destroying the economy. Do you think, going back to the, the election um, six, seven, eight months ago, what what do you think um, – why do you think so many people did not turn out on the conservative side? Do you think they were fatigued? I mean, what, what is your – you know, looking back at it now, you had a time to reflect. Why didn't more people turn out? Well, listen, uh, there were more than enough mistakes to go around. I could blame Romney all day long on a lot of levels. I had to blame the Republican Party at a lot of levels. Uh, mostly I blame the media. I think that all of this comes down to that the masses follow the media. Whatever the media tells them to do, like sheep or cows, they follow the media. And the media ignored every dumb comment and every bad comment that came out of Obama's mouth. And they played up every bad or dumb comment that came out of Romney's mouth, some of which weren't even dumb or bad, but they made them look dumb or bad. Let me give you an example. If you're running for president, you're Mitt Romney, and you go to England and you say out loud in an interview, hey, the Summer Olympics are about to start in London, and I'm a little worried about security because half the security force just quit. They've got a problem. That's, that's very serious to me. 
he said that, and the media had a frenzy in America and said how he ruined relations with Britain by telling the truth, and that he's an idiot. You know, basically, this, I'm paraphrasing what was said. I remember the night so clearly. They made it like he's an idiot who doesn't understand foreign affairs, right. and he, and he mis, misspoke and said something dumb. Now, meanwhile, it's a totally unimportant comment. It's a throwaway comment. It doesn't matter. Our relations with England are just fine. And it was a very clearly correct comment. They were having security issues with the Olympics. Then Obama comes along, and four Americans die in Benghazi because he refused to increase security. He refused to send help once they were under attack. He watched them die, literally, with a, with a drone over the event. He watched it in real time, did nothing to help them, went to sleep while they were under attack, and he knew they'd be dead when he woke up in the morning, and then covered up the story. And the media said, no big deal, move along, there's nothing to watch here, like a policeman in an accident scene with five people beheaded. Don't, you don't want to look, there's nothing here, just move on. That's amazing that mentioning that England has problems with security at the Olympics is a world-class issue to the liberal media, but four Americans dying, including an ambassador, because of Obama's negligence and going to sleep without helping them and turning down help and then covering up the story with absolute lies is unimportant to the media. Yeah. And now let's see if the media cares about this IRS scandal. It's Nixon all over again, Richard. But Nixon was a Republican with a liberal media, so they took him down and made it important. Obama is a liberal, maybe a socialist communist, with a socialist media that loves and idolizes him, so they're going to try and protect him. But I think this one is so bad that he's going to go down over it. Because now they've actually pointed out that he went after Jewish groups. Yeah, I saw that. The, the IRS went targeted anyone that was pro-Israel for audits and special regulations. Folks... This is racism. This is anti-Semitism. He targeted groups that support the Constitution of the United States as if that's a crime. Why? Because he doesn't believe in the United States Constitution. That's clearly obvious. And he asked the IRS to go after all these people. Who's dumb enough to believe they did this on their own without directions from the Obama White House? Come on. And I'm one of his most severe critics who's in the media every minute on Fox News and writes books about him, like the Ultimate Obama Survival Guide. And I was under vicious IRS attack for two years. The case got thrown out in tax court because it's a joke, and it was gone, and I won. And Richard, guess what happened? Five days later, a new IRS tax audit. Really? My lawyer said he's never heard of anything like that in the history of America. He doesn't believe it's ever happened before. And he looked at me and said, oh, my gosh, you are on the, on the Obama enemies list. This is what's going on, folks. The man is targeting his opponents for bankruptcy by bleeding them dry with tax audits, lawyer fees, and accountant fees. And that's why there are no jobs in America. It's wrong. It's a violation of free speech. And it's a violation of everything we believe in in America. Why do you think um, – and you worked behind the scenes on the media side working at CNBC, and you saw behind the scenes. Why does it um, tend so – why is it so liberal? Why is it so left-leaning? Well, listen, they all come from the same Ivy League schools, speaking of our conversation at the beginning of this interview. You know, the media is all the same people. Listen, when I get my Columbia College uh, magazine four times a year, it's called Columbia College Today, it gives you an update on where all your classmates are. You know, if I have a news uh, flash from my classmates, Wayne Root's new book, The Ultimate Obama Survival Guide, is the number one book in America, which it was for four straight weeks. I, I send that information to my Columbia University Magazine, they put it in there. So all your updates, you know, that you're proud of as a Columbia graduate alumni are in that magazine. So I get to meet all my Columbia fellow alumni. 
When I tell you, Richard, they're almost all members of the media or the government, I kid you not, almost every person that ever goes to an Ivy League school either becomes a lawyer, and that's trouble number one. Lawyers kill this whole economy because all they do is sue people that are busy creating jobs. They don't create a single job themselves. And then when you win the lawsuit, they give you a dollar sixty, and they keep $18 million, so it just destroys the economy. And then, so they either become lawyers, government, they're either in government or they join the media. I would say half the people I went to school with uh, joined the media. So these are people that when I went to Columbia, clapped, gave a standing ovation when they heard Reagan was shot in 1981. My class, the biggest uh, political science class in Columbia, gave a standing ovation when a kid ran in the room and screamed, Reagan's been shot, they've assassinated Reagan. Those are the words he used, and the class thought he was dead. And they gave a standing ovation and cheered like uh, their favorite players did a grand slam home run at the bottom of the ninth because Reagan was dead. And now I'm telling you, half of them went into the media. You know, and I'm not just talking to your local reporter at some small-town newspaper. These are the people that run CNN. They run MSNBC. They are the executive producers. They are the CEOs. They are the presidents. They are the lead anchor men and women. That's the way they think. If you're a conservative, they hate you. That's how they become liberals. They go to Ivy League schools, they become brainwashed, they hate capitalism, and they go into the media or government. And that's why there's a conspiracy in this country. I call it a banana republic. The media loves Obama, and he can do no wrong, no matter what he does. I'm convinced if he murdered someone and the facts were out, they'd say, oh, that person had it coming. <laughs> I mean, the media will never say anything bad about their hero, Barack Obama. He's got them all brainwashed with Obama Kool-Aid. It's the most amazing thing. But he's now guilty of Nixon-like crimes using the IRS to come after us. And I think between that and my big mouth all over the media, uh, my story comes out at Fox News today that I am the face of the IRS attacks ordered by Obama. Mm. I, I really do believe this will be huge news. You know, I was watching the Sunday news cycle yesterday, and it is amazing that this story may have some legs. And, you know, Dennis Kucinich was uh, talking that uh, – they asked him a question, and he was like, look, this this seems like a, a big – this is horrible. And they said, where does it start? You know, It's kind of a dumb question to me because it always starts from the top. You, even even if it didn't come – you have to hold the top accountable, and that's, that's right. what – and they're saying, oh, it's mid-level, it's lower level, and they're the ones that did it. The, the top upper level wasn't responsible. You know, hogwash. Yeah. But it's come out since then, by the way. Friday, the IRS themselves apologized to the American people at the Tea Parties and said that this was done. But they did that to throw everyone off the scent of a much bigger story. You know, they said it was only during the year 2012 during the election. Well, first of all, if you literally went after the opponents of Obama with IRS audits right before the election, then maybe we should redo the election. Maybe the American people need to have a redo here because you fixed the election and tried to silence all the opponents in the run-up to the election. But that's not what it was, Richard. They were trying to throw people off. The reality is, I was uh, the audit against me, the attacks against me by the IRS started in January of 2011. And, and sure enough, while I was writing this over the weekend and pointing out that this did not begin in 2012, that's a lie, and it wasn't a few low-level employees in Cincinnati because I was targeted out of the Las Vegas office of the IRS. This is happening all over America. And sure enough, over the weekend, it turned out it was happening to Jewish groups. It was happening to pro-Israel groups. It was happening to pro-Constitution groups. And it happened all over the country. And the head of the IRS, the chief lawyer for the IRS, knew about it in 2011, which means I've been right all along. My attack may have actually been the very first attack in the United States. And when they realized that they were hurting me, they decided to go after everyone. So it's now official. It's not low-level employees. 
It's the chief lawyer of the entire IRS was briefed on this and did nothing. Forget about it, did nothing. You know, he sat there and laughed and said, great, let's keep it up. Good work, boys. At what point do you think, do you think with Benghazi and this story, do you think it's enough? Because uh, I'm starting to see some of the uh, more biased um, liberal um, commentators, even Howard Klein, even I saw his article this morning. They're starting to ask Joe, us. Joe, Cl- Joe, Joe Klein, Klein right? sorry. Joe, Joe Klein said this is very, very much like Nixon, right? Yes. Exactly. Uh-huh. So do you yeah, th- and that's what I put in my article. That this is, you know, these were part of the uh, articles of impeachment against Nixon. We're using the IRS to silence his, and intimidate his opposition. This is a very real scandal. It's very deep. I believe it'll go very high into the IRS, and, and we're going to prove it's not. They didn't go after groups. They went after individuals. See, a faceless group, the average American might, might not feel bad for. But when you hear Wayne Root as a wife and four kids, and I'm a good guy, and I've been a good guy my whole life, who's never been in one minute of tax trouble, who's never owed one dollar, never even been on a tax plan in my life, the IRS leaves me alone my whole life, and suddenly a vicious, concerted, full-scale assault on my life from 20 directions by the IRS office. Come on, folks. It's pretty obvious what's happening here. They're looking to destroy anyone who's an opponent of Obama. So I think it's big. I think it has legs. Let's see where it goes, because I also am very skeptical the media will ever allow their boy to go down. You know, they love him. He is their man. And they just don't want him to go down. So, you know, it would vindicate me, and it would make Obama and all his supporters look bad. And the media is his supporters. So whether they're willing to allow this to be big, I don't know. But here's my warning to them, Richard. This could have happened to any one of you. A conservative could have gotten in office and tried to destroy all of you as members of the media. It cost you 50000 in legal fees and scare you, and you couldn't sleep at night and try to silence you. This can't be allowed to stand. It's a threat to democracy. It's a threat to the United States of America. It is a violation of the Constitution. And if you don't nip it in the bud now with Obama, then it's going to happen to you the next time one of us gets in power. You better stop it now, and you better see this as the big scandal that it is. Yeah, I guess you know my concern is, and, and I'm guilty of this. I was telling you before we started the recording that I kind of, you know, I, I, I'm suffered from this um, political fatigue. You know, in in this world was, you know, watching this damn media cycle, and it and it drives you crazy. And if and when I pulled away from it, when I checked out of it, in a sense, and said, okay, let me look at what's really great, and talking to. Um, these people on this podcast and talking to other entrepreneurs. There's so many great things happening. Like I said, there's so many entrepreneurs out there that are crushing it, that are making things happen despite all the kind of lack of common sense that exists. But at the same time, some of these people who are out there, they're crushing it. They're just oblivious to this. And they're going to hear you or I talk about how um, our founding father, our founding principles are being, you know, are at threat and, all of a sudden you'd be, oh, come on. You know, that's what you get. I get that a lot. No, oh, come on. You're just, you're just ranting and raving and, and you're being extreme. But I think deep down, all of us know that there's something tremendously wrong, inherently wrong. And I love the fact that your, your enthusiastic spirit, your relentless attitude, it's definitely what's needed to wake people up. But how do we do that without, I guess, turning people off, I guess? Listen, you got to throw the chips out where they may, and uh, you see where they land. I mean, my book, The Ultimate Obama Survival Guide, proves beyond a shadow of a doubt that we are in a Great Depression, and Obama will let you know it. He's fixing the stock market. It's become the ultimate fixed craps game by, by asking the Fed to print $85 billion a month and put it directly into Wall Street and the biggest companies in America. So they all look like they're doing great, and they report record earnings, 
and Wall Street goes up and hits record highs, and the media dutifully reports everything must be fine because Wall Street is up to record highs. Yeah. That's the scam. It's a giant Ponzi scheme. Right. Even uh, Bernie Madoff would be embarrassed to do something like this. This is beyond what he would do. The reality is, here's the economy, folks. 90 million Americans who are working age are not working. Not 9 million. Mm-hmm. I didn't just misstate. 90 million. Workforce participation rate, the lowest since 1979. For men, the lowest since 1948. The lowest disposable income in 54 years. 50 million people or so on food stamps. That's one out of every five eligible Americans. 14 million on disability, almost none of whom are disabled. They all joined disability the minute they got off unemployment. They said, oh, I've got a headache. I'm mentally unstable. I can't go to work anymore. And they get a check and free health care the rest of their life. This country is going bankrupt. We are on the edge of a precipice, Richard. No one can afford 90 million people not working, and no one can afford 90 million people accepting welfare, food stamps, disability, and workers, uh, you know, welfare of all kinds, housing allowances, aid to dependent children, free meals at school, and now the same morons or communists, take your choice, as you said, are they incompetent and don't know what they're doing, or are they literally communists hiding behind the label, uh, label liberal or progressive? We don't really know. I can guess. I think they know exactly what they're doing, and they're communists. But the same group now wants to legalize 11 million illegal immigrants, which will encourage another 20 million to come in in the next 10 years when they realize the minute you get here, you can go on welfare and food stamps, and even though you're breaking the law, no one will ever hold you to it. They'll give you amnesty eventually. This is insanity. There's no way to afford this, and we are. This is not being hysterical or exaggerating. We are inches from an economic collapse. And I'm telling you, you let in another 11 million that are here illegally and give them all the right to food stamps and welfare. Trust me, this economy will go down like Humpty Dumpty, and no one will ever be able to put the pieces back again. You've killed the greatest country in world history, America, and it's happening right in front of our eyes, and we're allowing it to happen. One of the best parts of your book, uh, The Ultimate Obama Survival Guide, is part three, where the business superstars, business superstars offer their advice. Talk to me a little bit about that chapter and about what we can do in the remaining moments here. What can we do as individuals, as uh, corporations, as businesses to kind of turn some of this around? Yeah, you know, it's important to note that I wrote a book that doesn't just give you bad news and make you want to put a gun gun to your head. You know, (laughs) the ultimate Obama survival guide is actually ultimately not uh, negative. It's not scary. It's actually not about fear. It's actually about hope. And so I gave, yeah, I interviewed 18 of the richest guys in America. Well, first, don't, don't forget, I gave my 18-point plan, what I, as a common-sense small businessman, son of a butcher, think you can do to make money over the next four years. And then I went out and interviewed 18 of the richest guys in America who all agreed to participate in my book, guys that you know are worth hundreds of millions of dollars, a couple of them are billionaires, and they mostly matched with everything I said. I put, they wrote 18 separate chapters, and I put my 18 points, and we matched them together, and basically they agree with what I'm saying. Number one, You've got to own gold as a protection. You have to. And I don't care if it goes down today. It is down as we make this recording today a little bit. I don't care if it's been down for the last month. I don't care what it does tomorrow. I care what it does over time. And since 1913, if you had a million dollars in your hand because of inflation, it's only worth $40,000 today. A million became 40000 since 1913. But if you have that million in gold, today it's worth over eighty million dollars. Mm-hmm. That's what gold does over time versus politicians that waste your money and bankrupt the country and cause massive inflation. So you need to own gold. I agreed as my number one step and almost every one of the 18, I think 16 of the 18 said you got to own precious 
metals, you got to own gold. That's a way to invest in debt. If you got to move to a low-tax or no-tax state, the difference could be a million dollars on the day you retire without working one day harder or one day longer. You just get to keep an extra million dollars over a 40-year career because you live in Texas or Florida or, say, Nevada, where I live, versus California, New York, or Illinois, where the taxes are much higher. That's an amazing point. And all 18 agreed on that, by the way. You need to invest in farmlands and agriculture stocks because over time, food prices are going to continue to go way up. And instead of complaining about it, when you get to the supermarket, you'll cheer because you own the food stocks. You need to invest in energy stocks because over time, that's going to go way up. Obama won't let us drill. Obama won't let nuclear happen. Obama won't let new uh, refineries be built. Obama won't let uh, coal exist. So energy stocks are going to go up because it becomes more valuable when you don't allow people to go after it. So the price will go up. You need to invest in, in uh, foreign stocks and bonds because America is not the best game in town anymore. And, and I tell you the exact stocks and the exact countries to invest in in the Ultimate Obama Survival Guide. But give you a hint, some of them are called China and India and Singapore and Hong Kong. Those are the countries that have the best future and will grow faster per year than the United States of America will. And you need to invest in your child's education. I homeschooled my daughter. She never was touched by a single public school teacher in her life. And she's in Harvard and Oxford getting straight A's. I would say that's a pretty big testament to getting out of the government system. The government will fail your children. They'll graduate with the mindset of going to work at McDonald's. If you want your kid to be a smart achiever in life and a superstar, you've got to take that education uh, responsibility on yourself. Everything in my book is about having personal responsibility and self-reliance and rugged individualism and getting the hell away from government. You know, if you don't want to be a part of Obamacare, you don't want to go in a hospital, you better take vitamins and you better eat healthy and you better work out every day. And then, like me, you'll never go near doctors and never go near hospitals. I want nothing to do with them, so I'll never be a part of Obamacare. Those are the things you learn in my new book, and that's why it's number one, The Ultimate Obama Survival Guide. Yeah, it's, it's like you said, it's, you know, you, you would think that, um, and I'm saying this out there for people who think, well, you know, I'm, I'm tired of the noise and I'm just kind of burned out on this. The book is a great uh, resource of positivity. And again, I, I can't emphasize that enough. I mean, there's a, it's chock full of practical advice that all of us can do. It's common sense advice. And again, that's part of the mission of this podcast is to get back the pursuit of the truth and common sense. Uh, that's why I brought you on the show, Wayne. Um, I love your energy. I love your enthusiasm. Where can people find you? I mean, I'll have links to all this on the post, but uh, get, give a little plug out where people can find you and, and find all your resources. Sure. First of all, thank you for having me on, Richard. You're a good man, and I really appreciate the, the platform you've given me. And you're one of uh, 18 interviews I'm doing today. That gives you some idea how wow. popular my message is. So I just got off the phone actually moments ago with uh, Herman Cain's national radio show. He took over for Neil Bortz, and I right. think he's got like 2 million people listening. So it's a great message that people need to hear. They really do. The book's called The Ultimate Obama Survival Guide. Uh, you can get it at Amazon.com. That's the easiest way. But last week, it finally cracked the top 50 of every book in America sold at any bookstore in America. So uh, you can go to any bookstore and get it, Sam's Club, Costco, Barnes & Noble, etc. And my website, my personal website, is RootForAmerica.com. Root, R-O-O-T, like my last name, for America.com. I'm Wayne Allen Root. And uh, thank you for having me on. The book's The Ultimate Obama Survival Guide. Wayne, thanks for coming on the show. It's been a true privilege and, uh, and pleasure to have you on the show. Stick on the line after I stop the recording. We'll, we'll chat for a couple minutes, uh, but stay on the you line. You got it. Thanks, Richard. Thanks.
Richard invites you to become a part of the Dose of Leadership community. Visit doseofleadership.com and sign up to receive his free Common Sense Leadership ebook, a guide that highlights how all of us can learn to become calm, confident, consistent, and courageous in all aspects of our lives. Richard is also available as a speaker for your next event. Richard specializes in practical leadership and change management. He has a philosophy of inspiring everyone to think and act like a leader, which is based on timeless natural principles and common sense. You can get more info by visiting doseofleadership.com. 